In Ukraine, the city of Bakhmut is under heavy artillery fire. It's a huge assault, spearheaded by a private military force with close ties to Vladimir Putin. The last week has seen intense fighting around the city. Capturing Bakhmut is a prime objective for the Russian president, giving Moscow a new foothold in the Donetsk region. Here's NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg. I think the reality is that we have seen the start already. Because we've seen what, what, what Russia does now, President Putin do now, is to send in thousands of thousands of more troops, accepting a very high rate of casualty. It's Tuesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. While the fighting continues on the ground in Ukraine, later we'll take you to Russia, where war and conscription have upended dating life and romance. At first, he was feeling really scared, I guess, and he that's why he moved for a few months to Turkey. This is Reuters World News, bringing you everything you need to know from the front lines in 10 minutes. I'm Kim Vanell in London. The impacts of the war are also being felt today in the tiny country of Moldova, which neighbours Ukraine. There, Russia is being accused of plotting a coup by the president, Maya Sandu. Days after the country's government resigned, Sandu says Moscow planned to bring down Moldova's leadership to stop it from joining the European Union and use it in the war against Ukraine. Russia has rejected the accusations. In Turkey and Syria, rescuers are starting to wind down the search for survivors more than a week after a catastrophic earthquake. Dramatic moments like this rescue of two teenagers on Tuesday are less likely, as organizations like the White Helmet say the search for survivors will soon stop. The quake's known to have killed at least 37,000 people. Now the humanitarian phase, the urgency of providing shelter, psychosocial care, food, schooling, and a sense of the future for these people, that's our obligation now. United Nations aid chief Martin Griffith speaking in Aleppo, northern Syria. The conflict there has prevented aid from reaching key areas. President Bashar al-Assad has agreed to allow UN aid deliveries to opposition-held areas through two border crossings from Turkey for three months. But it's unclear if they'll make it through. A source from Hayat Tahrir al-Sham, an Islamist group which controls much of Syria's northwest, told Reuters it would not let in shipments from government-held areas. Wanted to make sure we address this from the White House. I know there have been questions and concerns about this, but there is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Well, that clears that up then. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre ruling out extraterrestrials as the source of a series of unidentified objects over North American airspace. The military has taken out three UFOs since shooting down what it says was a giant Chinese surveillance balloon off the coast of South Carolina. Beijing denies that it was spying. And it's now accusing the United States of flying high-altitude balloons over its airspace without permission. The White House has denied that charge. A gunman's opened fire at Michigan State University's main campus, killing three people and injuring five, some severely. 
The shooter has been confirmed dead from an apparently self-inflicted gunshot roughly four hours after the violence began. Our resident expert on all things business and finance, Carmel Crimmins, joins me now in the studio this morning. Hi, Carmel. Hey, Kim. Let's start with the US. We are expecting inflation data. Is this going to ease the pressure on the Fed to continue lifting interest rates? We want to see how well the Fed's inflation fighting campaign has gone. We had red hot labor market data. So now the market wants to see how the inflation figures themselves are actually doing. So it's a key focus for the market this week. In fact, probably the key focus. And then over in Japan, Kazuya Ueda officially nominated as the next governor of the Bank of Japan. What should we expect from him? That's right. He told reporters today he'd do his best. He certainly got a challenge ahead of him. We had GDP figures out today and it showed that the Japanese economy rebounded very weakly. It's going to be very difficult to get the BOJ back on a more normal path for interest rates if the economy itself is struggling. Carmel Crimmins, thank you so much. It's Valentine's Day. And while some of you might have romantic plans, over in Russia, the dating scene has been hit by mobilization. President Vladimir Putin called up 300,000 men last year to fight in Ukraine. And tens of thousands more have left the country or are lying low. That has impacted all aspects of daily life in the country. It's also affected lonely hearts looking for love. Alona Kostrova in Moscow sent us this special Valentine's Day voice note about what it's like to date right now. My name is Alona. I'm um, living in Russia, Moscow. I'm working in marketing and I'm single about for for two years, I guess. I would say that uh, dating before was bad and uh, now it's bad again. In Moscow, for example, there are a lot of IT guys and guys who work in, in the government structure and so on. So they are like staying here and uh, keep living here safely. There was a guy we were like uh, supposed to meet like in the, near, in the nearest future and all of that happened around the mobilization announcement and um, he like disappeared for some time. I didn't write him anything. I wrote only in a month, I guess, after that. And I was asking like, are you okay? Maybe anything happened or what? And he told me that he's really freaking out and he could not leave the country. That's why he didn't go outside for like shopping, grocery shopping or like even to throw out the trash. But for Alona, the mobilization has offered some relief. This guy whom I will talk about, he's like perfectly safe and he's like in Moscow and I'm glad he's okay. But in September, I met him online on Tinder and he was keep like calling me from different numbers uh, and texting me from different numbers. In a week after that, he was mobilized. That, uh, I get that, shift his focus from me, but uh, maybe there is some, you know, cross about the mobilization after all. Putin's partial mobilization hasn't just hit singles. Spare a thought for Russian newlyweds Alexander and Vavara from Russia without love. <laughs> 
Alexander was working in Estonia when Vavada got his draft summons. He decided to cancel his flight home to Russia and miss his own wedding. Alexander was able to stay in Tallinn and make the most of his Estonian permanent residency. But what about his bride-to-be? Vavada couldn't get an Estonian visa. Time for Plan C. The pair flew to Georgia separately for a whistle-stop wedding in just 24 hours. Alexander told Reuters, it's just like Vegas. But now there's no honeymoon, period. Alexander is back in Estonia, and Vavara is still applying to join her husband full-time. How old is too old to be president? Well, in Cameroon, President Paul Beer has just turned 90. Some say he's too old for the job, as they watch the economy stagnate and the civil war rage on. Bate Felix is Reuters bureau chief for West and Central Africa. He's been following the festivities organised in Cameroon for the reclusive leader's birthday. Hi, Bate. Hey there. So do Cameroonians feel there is much to celebrate right now? Depends on who you are. For those close to power, yes, there is, you know, you're getting resources from the state and there is a, a lot to celebrate, like people from his village that we saw yesterday night celebrating with him when he arrived for his 90th birthday. But for a majority of, of the youth of the country, there is little to celebrate. There is high un- unemployment. The system has been in place for 40 years and they've seen little change that they can celebrate. 90 seems very old to be president. Is he equipped to deal with the challenges that the country is facing right now? For a president, you know, at the head of a country facing so many crises, you would want to see someone who is active, who is, you know, at the forefront of some of these crises. But he is generally just absent. I cannot remember the last time he held a cabinet meeting. I cannot remember the last time he addressed like a specific issue and just he goes for months without even being seen in public. Thank you so much, Bait Felix. Thank you very much. And that's it for this edition of Reuters World News. We'll be back again tomorrow. In the meantime, you can find more trusted news at Reuters.com. Reuters.